Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Sebat, Stout, Shao Kahn, Fung, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quanshi, Shinnok, Sabrina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Goracho, Dramin, Fosu's now, Dan, Kenshi, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tribe, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Uh, i got a very exciting guest today, rapper Open Mike Eagle. Hey. Uh, do you do, do you, have you done a, a techno version of the opening theme for your podcast where you have somebody scream, Mortal Podcast? In a, in a sense. Okay. It is it is a, a buddy of mine covering the original techno nice. theme, um, but I uh, yell the names of all 60-something characters to the beat of uh, the song. So that takes a while then. Yeah, that yeah. I think, I think we actually have the record for longest intro in a podcast wow. history at about a minute and a half. Takes up a lot of real estate. Yeah, mm. I really am asking a lot of the listeners <laughs> to commit to pretty much the length of a regular song right. uh, at the top of every single episode of the show. Wow. And honestly, so far, no complaints. Nice. I did, I did have a cut made that was like 15 seconds long or just kind of like fades out. And I was like, when I start hearing enough people say, please stop doing this, <laughs> I'll switch them out and I'll put that in. So far, so good. Nice. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> if I ever reach any uh, margin of, of like real success, Critical I think that's mass. when I'll start hearing. That's how you'll yeah, 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 that's when I'll know that people need me to stop doing this. That'll be a game changer that day. Yeah, it will. That's gonna, I think this is the show that's really going to make me. I think so. <laughs> it's, it's a passion project. They always tell you to do your passion. That's true. And... Uh, so we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. Yeah, uh, I know that you said you're not like a big Mortal Kombat person. Oh man, I kind of hate it a little bit. Okay, I mean cool. I, I don't hate it. Hate's a strong word. Okay, but I guess in the um, in the Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat ages old dialogue, I'm it's always going to be on the Street Fighter. Oh, side. you're a Street Fighter. Guy. Okay, so yeah. I was wondering where where the hate came from, yeah. and is it pretty much from the rivalry? It's just the, it's literally the mechanics. Okay, it's just I've never. I've never enjoyed the Mortal Kombat game mechanics. Right. And it really just starts with the block button. I don't like a block button. Right. You like the away. Yeah. Cool. So it's so in, it's so ingrained in me. I think it is what you it's all what you start with True. like I I think be, because there were monsters honestly was really it in Mortal Kombat. I was always like Mortal Kombat's cool and Street Fighter's kind of plain. Mhm. And so, because that was what I started on, I was like, well, you need a block button. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just I'm not coordinated enough How to, old are you? Uh, 30. Okay, because mm-hmm. I rem- um, see, I remember Street Fighter One. Right. Woof, that was that thing. I, I'm 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 somewhat surprised it even got to a sequel. But when Street yeah. Fighter Two happened, it was like, <laughs> oh, like this is a this is a kind this is the thing we all didn't know we wanted, but we all because everything was beat 'em up before that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. all we ever wanted to do was beat each other up. 
Sure. You know, and so like, <laughs> wait a minute, the whole game is just us beating each other up. And it was it was great. And yeah. Then, uh, everything. I, I think those original mechanics are just always kind of ingrained in me. I was playing, sense. you know, uh, DC, was it Marvel, Capcom Infinite the other day? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I didn't I've never picked it up, but I was just doing Street Fighter moves and seeing what worked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. How did you feel about that one? Cause I couldn't get into it. I, those were the Street Fighter games I played the most was the Marvel versus Street mm-hmm. Fighter one. Because, again, monsters. Um, <laughs> but but uh, were you did you like the new Marvel? Vs. I mean, Capcom? I just I don't even know why it was. I think I was at like an uh, an arcade bar. And yeah, they just had it as an option. So I was like, OK, I I'd probably know how to do that. And it looked cool, but I could also see why it didn't really yeah. do well. The, um, apparently the um the Dragon Ball Fighter. Game. Fighters, yeah, yeah that, that one, yeah, that one apparently has taken all of the Marvel versus Capcom, yeah, Thunder. That makes sense. I so I was never like really a, a Dragon Ball guy, mm-hmm. like ever, but I heard so much hype for this game, and I, I do like fighting games that I tried it out, and yeah, it's, it's pretty a great fun. game. It's yeah, good. It's a great game. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I don't know that it's gonna be enough to get me to like Dragon Ball Z. Well, yeah, you can't start from the game <laughs> and then go into no, the fr- and go into I, like, the, skip the anime. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. there's nothing there for you no. if you don't like. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of very strong people yelling at each other. That's which most, I get enough of that in real life. You know? That's most of what I watch on TV. <laughs> yeah, that's most. I mean, I watch a lot of anime. Right. And most of it is that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Are you a wrestling guy too? You know what? I am. Um, yeah. I, I I don't watch WWE anymore though. So like, I watch wrestling when alternatives become available. Sure. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I kind of dipped out in the Attitude Era. Really? Yeah. That was the best time. Well, no, no, that was, that was oh, where after. I... Oh, after. Okay. Yeah, sorry, okay. sorry. My apologies. My wording. After the Attitude okay, Era. Okay, gotcha. I was like in for the Attitude Era. It like consumed my childhood. Sure. And then I was like, and uh, they're all transitioning into movies, which did is you my make, other thing. So did I'm you make it gonna... to the Invasion? Did you make it to the Invasion? Uh, oh, the WCW. ECW. Yeah. Yes, okay. I did. That, yeah. that was you, pretty you much around it. where I started to like you got lose off. interest. Yeah. Right at the right time. Yeah. Okay. It all went downhill from there. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nothing's ever really like pulled me back in mm-hmm. for a while. When I first started getting into animation and making animation friends, there was a weird crossover where like a lot of my friends in animation were extremely into wrestling. They mm-hmm. had like a podcast and uh, for a minute I was like watching it again, but it didn't grip me quite the same. They way. don't, well, they yeah. changed their philosophy in terms of uh, star making. Mm. And so they'll, as far as they're concerned, they'll, they'll never be anything to pull casuals in again. They'll just kind of keep going with the base that they have. That's kind of a bummer. It is. Yeah. Um, well, uh, so, so another thing we kind of talked about before we started the episode is that uh, I... I already did a season of the show where I kind of just covered the first 10 characters that were introduced in Mortal Kombat. As I started looking at the next 10, I realized that the second game that introduced this new batch of characters, mm-hmm. uh, these characters all kind of had a loose theme that bound them together. And that theme is friendship. Friendship. Mm-hmm. A lot of these characters are, it was also the game that introduced friendship. I just remembered yes. that. <laughs> that we're, we're as an alternative to the fatality, you could do the rainbow friendship. Which I have always appreciated. I still don't know what to make of that psychologically to yeah. this day. Right. Yeah, it is a good... Because it, it, there's a layer layer of like irony to it where it's like, well, you're never really choosing friendship. You're choosing friendship as like a bit and you're choosing right. fatality because you want a fatality. And you also just got through punching somebody in the face for two minutes. So yeah. what does it matter whether you kill them Until or not? their life was in your hands. Right. Yeah, you've already conquered you've this already human being. beat the life monster. from them. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think between all the various alities they've introduced, I was always more into uh, babe alities mm-hmm. where you turned the other person into a baby. Right. Just because that's completely insane. I think well, as a comedy person too, that was part of why I was like always drawn to Mortal Kombat versus so Street Fighter. I don't mean to keep derailing this. No, please continue. That's the show. But what if? <laughs> so, you know, Mortal Kombat two, I I would imagine, yeah, was probably the height of uh, their cultural import. Um, you know, the movie and you know seemed like a huge game rollout. Mm-hmm. And at that time is when they seem to be trying all of those alternatives to fatalities. Did they ever develop any any of those in the further in 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 the, in the later iterations of the game? Was there more stuff like that? Sort of. They did bring back because they like rebooted the series in mm-hmm. 2011, but it's kind of like a reboot in the Star Trek sense, where like it's still part of the same continuity, but they were able to start over, as you'll see. Okay. Um. And in that one, they did bring back Babalities, but it kind of like went away again. Um, before that, as the series kept getting like bigger and bigger and bigger and kept adding more and more characters, they stopped focusing so much, I think, on adding stuff like Babalities and Animalities. And instead, they started adding uh, like other modes mm-hmm. that were equally dumb. So like they had a chess combat mode where you played chess, and once the two characters wound up like you know, when you would otherwise have your queen take a pawn, instead those two Mortal Kombat characters would just go to like a one round fight. Interesting. Yeah, and they added motor combat, which is basically Mario Kart. Huh. And again, all these modes were like broken because they were like, oh, we have like a tiny bit of the budget left over. Let's just like make a whole nother mode. Ugh. So they all like kind of worked. And then they started adding um, like adventure modes that were like kind of half cobbled together third person like action rpg games tekken used to do that and it used to make me laugh yeah it's mm-hmm. a lot like tekken and it's equally like only kind of a game mm-hmm. but i think the reason that mortal kombat pursued it and i think it ultimately led to where mortal kombat is now where they have like 20 hours of cutscenes in their like story modes like mm-hmm. between fights is that uh people have always been super attached to the storylines and the characters right. and it has had one continuous storyline for the whole franchise. Really? For like all of the games. So wow. I think their adventure modes were a little more successful because people legitimately wanted to know more about the world and about the characters. They wanted more immersion in the story rather than to race cars. Yeah. 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 And I think that's why the other modes kind of went away, but they've continued to have bigger and bigger story modes Got in it. the games. And in the most recent one, they even have actually a pretty decent like third person adventure thing that is just about unlocking extra costumes. <laughs> like you get currency when you play the fights in the game and then you mm-hmm. jump into a totally different mode where you're just walking around like a fully rendered island, literally opening chests just to so get costumes. Weird. It's like a huge extra step that they put in between. Like they could have just had you do a fight and then they're like, cool, you unlocked a new scorpion costume. Good job. But instead it's like, no, you go into like a whole Zelda. You have to go to like vacation. Mode. You have to go vacation and, yeah. and, and get new clothes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> and honestly, I love it. I, I ate it up. <laughs> So it was a good choice. <laughs> um, but uh, because there is that friendship theme to like this batch of characters, I've added a segment called Friendship to the show where before I start getting into the character that we're covering and everything, mm-hmm. I talk about how I became friends with the person who's mm-hmm. on the show and like how our friendship started. You're a unique case in that this is the first time we've met. Yeah, this is, we have to invent a friendship. Yeah, we for... do. I mean, we've been Twitter friends for a while. For 
some time. Yeah, yeah, I'd say for years. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Twitter is like a blur. I, I, don't know I how often I'll there. come across somebody on my timeline and be like, "Where do I know this person?" Yeah, from? that happens all the time. Uh-huh. You know? But it is. It's, <laughs> it is that it's a blur. You meet people in like clumps, and you know what I mean. You, yeah, it's hard to um, remember how you first came across somebody. You yeah. Know? It's weird because I also feel like most of the close friends I've made over the last few years have been through Twitter. Mm. Um, but then it's like almost hard to believe like, oh, yeah, that's how we met. Yeah. On like a platform where you just tweet like sentences. How long have you been on Twitter? I think it's like 12 years. <sighs> Isn't it so different now? Yeah. I remember like I think I got on there in like 08. And... um. I was talking to somebody I met the other day on Twitter and I remembered like the time when I met them, like I just happened into like this group of like super weird acad like, like hip hop fans. They were all into like MF doom and stuff, but they were all yeah. like in academia and like, it was just a little pocket of people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And you would just meet these little pockets of people. And now there is none of that. You don't meet really anybody like really yeah. Twitter's just, Everybody you know already now, and people you've already heard of, and there's not much discovery. Yeah, every once in a while, something really funny will come across my timeline, and I'm like, oh, wow, like a new voice a appeared. New one, yeah. But it used, to, I, it used to be like, that's what Twitter was. Like, right. you'd log on, and you would just see like 50 extremely funny and creative people right. all over the world right. in like random places, like in academia or like anywhere, really, and... And then I think those people are all just TV writers now and moved and to I, LA. Like that's a <laughs> lot of them just, from my understanding, because even some of the people who I've met on Twitter, they just, the environment changed so much. Yeah. They're just no longer fun for them. Because especially if you're not trying to be a writer or public mm-hmm. creative in that way, it's like, what the fuck is the point of being here? Like, because nobody yeah. listens to you unless you have followers and shit. And yeah. People, you know, people didn't want to tweet into the wind anymore. So a lot of people just went away. It's weird because I think the people who do have a lot of followers still want to use, at least I know a lot of people who have a lot of followers who still want to use the platform just to like rattle off thoughts, workshop like bits Mm -hmm. and like ideas or even just like blow off steam by just tweeting like something very dumb that's just funny to them. But then there are other people who see it as like currency and then get like livid with people who are like, you have a bunch of followers, so you should be doing this and this and this, and you shouldn't be doing this and that. Mm. And it definitely has taken like a lot of the fun out of it. It's definitely not as fun anymore. It's not as fun. (laughs) It's not. I mean, I'm I'm still like grateful to have, you know, that short term creative outlet that's like instant gratification. Um, Because I'll still do like elaborate dumb bits just to (laughs) amuse myself. Yeah. Um, But. Yeah, that sort of like opportunity yeah. to meet people. It used to be a sandbox. Yeah. It ain't a sandbox no more. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad that we met. I am in too. The, in the interim while it was now, still fun. Now we get to talk about uh, who, Baraka? I don't know. Who are we going to talk about? Oh, uh, <laughs> today we've made it up to Jax now. Jax! Which I'm, which I'm excited about. I get to be on the black one. Yes. I get to be. Get to be. <laughs> All right. Yeah. How fortuitous. Uh, Man. Jax is kind of awesome. So I, I've always, I've always liked this character a mm-hmm. lot, and I, it, he's kind of, it's kind of cool that they've, in the most recent game, I think they gave him the most interesting storyline, mm-hmm. um, and given him like, the deepest, most psychologically compelling story. Um, but I just, I, I think when I did the Sonya episode a while ago, because obviously there, 
I'm sure knowing however little you might know about Mortal Kombat, you know that they are two characters that Sonya are very much Blade tied together. Jax, yeah. yeah. I had uh, Daniel Radford do hey, that episode. Hey, you guys know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because like, I feel like every character has some connection to Jax that's really interesting. Intr- maybe I don't uh, think I know that. Yeah. And, and sort of doing her episode got me even more excited to get to this one because gotcha. he... He covers so many interesting tropes of sci-fi and of action, and then eventually, in a weird way over time, evolves into just like an interesting, dramatic character. Okay, now I gotta know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I gotta know. Um, cool. So, uh, his full name's Major Jackson Briggs. Okay. He's a major... Uh, That's not bad. No, it's like a pretty good title. Mm-hmm. He's with the uh, fictional U.S. Special Forces, okay. which is a division of the military that uses technology... Uh, to take down international crime syndicates. Okay. Pretty cool. Uh, he works with Sonya Blade. He's another big character in the Mortal Kombat universe. And uh, he's had a lot of run-ins with this mercenary named Kano. Okay, Kano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Everyone loves Kano. And I don't know if I love him. Uh, well, everyone loves to hit Kano. Gotcha. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> the camp I'm in. Man, I did... <laughs> the Kano episode was Ron Funches. Oh, wow. And he initially said to me, like, oh, I hate Kano. All right, let's do Kano. It'll be funny because I, I hate that guy. And at the end of the episode, he was like, I kind of get Kano. Yeah. He's just a, he's just out there hustling. He's just a hard worker. He's just trying to make something for himself. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's probably better ways to do it than having an international crime syndicate. Also pulling people's hearts out. Yeah. No. That said, Jax does it, and we'll get to that. I see. <laughs> he rips a man's heart out of his chest. Um, so Kano, his gang, the Black Dragons... That's like kind of Jax's life. It's like, I got to dismantle this crime organization. I got to stop Kano with Sonya. And that's where Jax is when his story in the Mortal Kombat franchise begins. Mm -hmm. So uh, around the first tournament, uh, Sonya Blade says, hey, like I've tracked down Kano. He's going to this place called Shang Tsung's Island. He's looking to buy like some weapons or he's trying to find some treasure. I don't know what it is. I'm going to track him down. has interdimensional portals and he also sells weapons? Yeah. Well, it turns out he was not selling weapons. Okay. Shang Tsung, to give you just the brief rundown of Shang Tsung, he used to be from Earth. Like He used to be? He used to be from Earth like hundreds of years ago. Okay. He cheated at the Mortal Kombat tournament. He was recruited by this dark emperor, Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn! Mm-hmm. To defect to the realm of Outworld. Okay. Uh, where defect. he... Yeah, he basically, you know, he immigrated to Outworld okay. and he became uh, sort of like a Rasputin-esque figure for Shao Kahn, like his little Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, and so it's Shao Kahn who said to him, like, hey, go to Earthrealm. I'll hook you up with an island and uh, you hold the Mortal Kombat tournament because I'm not technically supposed to go to another realm. But you're technically an Earthrealmer, so you can host it there and then you can... Who makes all these rules? The Elder Gods. Oh. Mm-hmm. They're like our pantheon in the Mortal Kombat universe. Gotcha. And they created all of the realms. How many um, realms are there? It's unclear how many total there are, uh, but some of the most notable ones that like are still around, because by the time the Mortal Kombat story starts, Outworld has like absorbed a bunch of realms. They really? They absorbed the vampire realm. They absorbed the dinosaur people realm. Oh, wait a minute. There's mm-hmm. a dinosaur people realm? Well, there was. Oh, <laughs> it, was called, uh, it was called Zatera. And uh, if you know Reptile, he's the last surviving Aww. member of uh, the He's like the Superman. Yeah, he is. 
He is. And and also like Superman, every once in a while like another Zaterran pops up and is like, Or are you the last one? I see. Yeah. Uh but so a lot of them have already been destroyed by the time the story starts. Uh but some of the other ones that are around are Outworld, Idania, which was consumed by Outworld right before they went after Earth. Um, which used to be like a sort of, you know, people live forever and we're super hot and can do magic and it's a beautiful, oh, lush place. I'd like to visit. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it was conquered by uh, Outworld and, and yeah, <sighs> taken Damned over. imperialists. Truly. Uh, and then there's the Nether Realm, which is basically hell, which is tight because it's like, what if hell is just a dimension where like people just lived there? <laughs> wow. So there's a hell and an out. There's a Nether Realm and an Outworld. Yes. Primarily, it's yeah, the Nether Realm, the Outworld are the ones that concern certainly Jax, but also like most of the characters in the show because they're the ones that are more bent on like conquering. And U.S. Special Forces is completely aware of all of this madness. So to begin with, they're not. Gotcha. It's literally Jax is just like, we got to stop this gang, and Sonya's like, yeah, cool, I found Kano, I'm gonna go take care of him, boss, because Jax is her commanding officer, and she goes to take care of Kano, and then all of a sudden she disappears. That's not good. No, and Jax is like, what the fuck? So he starts looking into it, and all he really discovers is that uh, an action movie star named Johnny Cage. Hey, Johnny Cage, biker shorts. Mm -hmm. He's basically the Jean-Claude Van Damme, Mm -hmm. you know, of the Mortal Kombat universe. He's like, Johnny Cage was on that island, and now he's back in Hollywood making movies. He must know something. So Jax straight up goes to Johnny Cage and like waterboards him and it's like, oh, no. where is Sonya Blade? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He like interrogates that's him. Not for, that's not a, that's against the Geneva Convention. It is. Okay. He probably didn't waterboard him. You said but also, that. Though. You're just making it up. Yeah. It's kind of okay. like bold of me to brazenly and accuse Jax of waterboarding. That is a war crime. It is a war crime. And I just straight up went there. Wow. That said, historically speaking... Jax is a man of action. He does what it takes, even when it's not necessarily in line with the, the Doesn't Geneva Doesn't seem like convention. the U.S. Special Forces does what it takes. If one of theirs go missing, they just send one guy yeah, asking just questions. Jax, and he's like, I got to ask a movie star. Maybe he just them. wanted a trip to L.A. I, I mean, they should send uh, at least a boat full of people to this yeah. island. Well, actually, I think I'll, I think Sonya had a whole team that went to the island, and, and I think they all died, and she disappeared. Wow. Yeah, I think like probably corpses were found, because ultimately the island crumbled into the sea. Uh, and when Jax went there, Sonya was gone, and a lot of dead people were just like floating back up. And this is all in the, in the um, this is all in the lore of the TV show Lost as well. Yes, yes, yeah. it is. It is uh, all canon mm-hmm. with Lost. And it makes sense. Yeah. There's, there's a donkey wheel, and yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's Shao Kahn's donkey wheel. Yes, <laughs> that's a euphemism if I ever heard one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she gave me a Shao Kahn's donkey wheel. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Uh, so Jax is investigating. He goes and he interrogates Johnny Cage. And Johnny Cage is like, hey, dude, look, this is what happened. I went to Shang Tsung's Island for this fighting tournament called Mortal Kombat. And Jax is like, never heard of it. Go on. He's like, I met Sonya Blade there. And he's like, okay. And he's like, then a sorcerer made us all fight each other or else a four-armed dragon man was going Goro! to rip us. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's going to rip us limb from limb. So we all had to fight. And we had to fight like bunch of fire ninjas and like ice ninjas and uh you know end of the day uh this shaolin monk named luke kang beat the sorcerer up and then the island started falling to the ocean and me and sonia teamed up and we fought the four-armed guy but uh i don't know what happened she and i think this guy kano they mm-hmm. wind up getting kidnapped mm. and Jax is like what the fuck are you talking about 
smoking, None. smoking at Hollywood <laughs> dope is what, is what he said. Yeah, I mean, this was, you know, the 90s, mm-hmm. so they probably had, like, mids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the crystal meth was still probably raw, though. Yeah, they probably had pretty good crystal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure he was like, you're out of your fucking <laughs> gourd. That's right. not real. I think they were canonically on the set of a commercial. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the commercial was for. And Johnny Cage, he just wears this trauma so well. He d- yeah. doesn't doesn't phase him. I think this is his coping mechanism. Wow. I think he was like, I got to go back to work. I got to go book some book some commercials. Yeah. That's the only way I want to make it through this. Yeah. Commercials, like many an actor, uh, they are his, they're his coping mechanism. That's okay. Yeah. That's well, why actors do commercials. Folks. I learned something It's today. like a Hollywood secret. I heard they do it as a, uh, for a discount. No. Even. No, it's, oh, okay. it's really just to deal with trauma. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally, ask anyone. I will, as soon as I leave here. <laughs> so uh, so Johnny explains all that stuff. Jax is like, yeah, that's not true. Uh, and that's when a sorcerer and a bunch of mutants and a bunch of four-armed dragon people attack the set of this commercial mm. and just start like ripping grips in half and like decapitating gaffers. That's so mean. Who are all, blameless in this. All because, all because uh, uh, Jax was in there asking questions and Johnny Cage was talking? Well, no, as it turns out, what they want is to force the combatants from the first Mortal Kombat tournament to come back to Outworld for this a do-over. Lost. This is lost. I know. Yeah. To, for a do-over on their turf. It's just like the others. I got to say, by the way, Lost, one of my all-time favorite shows, and I liked it till the end, and I don't care who knows it. Well, yeah, that last season hurt me a lot, but yeah. It had its ups and downs, but I was okay with how it ended. Yeah, I was okay with how it ended for like two weeks, and then suddenly <laughs> I started remembering. The fog cleared. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I felt good, and then I felt bad. I guess it's fair to say that I'll never know how much I really liked or disliked it because of the lengths that I went through to watch the finale when it aired. Gotcha. I was in film school. It was our like thesis sets. You couldn't get out of a set because you'd be screwing someone over on their like final project. And I had like, I think I was like producing or something. I had like an important role in someone's movie the day that the finale aired. And I was like, if I watch it a day late, it's all ruined for me. True. So a professor TiVo'd it for me and left his front door unlocked. And after set at like two in the morning, I went to his house and just like went in his living room and turned on his TV and watched the finale. You should dedicate the rest of your career to this man. Oh, Andrew Sider. Shout out to Andrew Sider. I talk about him all the time. He introduced me to a lot of my favorite movies. Great professor. Really taught me, uh, helped me find my voice. Nice. And helped me watch the finale of Lost. Yeah, and then he and his wife came into the living room like half awake to watch it with me, even though they'd watched none of Lost. That's a bad way to do it. They asked a lot of questions. Yeah. And were you were you in the question answering mood at that time? Uh I was delirious and emotional. So yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, John Locke, he's really just had an incredible story and it's just incredible to see him like come to these where he's at now. Yeah. Uh I didn't mind. Okay. <laughs> it was okay. I was very grateful that they even let me uh walk into their house it's at like two. Very in the kind thing for them to do. Truly. Uh in Tallahassee, Florida. Um so <laughs> All that to say, yes, a crew attacked Jackson friends just like and lost on the set of this commercial and uh, demanded they come to Outworld for like a do-over tournament. And then all of a sudden, Raiden, a thunder god, shows up. Raiden! And, and, and Liu Kang, the, the aforementioned Shaolin monk, shows up. And they basically confirm for Jax, like, yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. He's got a lot of hair for a Shaolin monk. He does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting because they do depict... Uh, a famous in the world of Mortal Kombat Shaolin monk from 500 years ago as the more traditional like mm-hmm. bald monk. They've um, loosened up over the years. I think that is what happened. They've, let, really their, they've let their hair down. I think once they realized that the conflict 
that they were really in and training for was one of uh, War Between Dimensions. They were like, all right, let's like shift some of the rules around a True. little bit and just uh, focus on the task at hand. Which let's let's make sure we dying. can all bicycle in the air. I think like all of the energy went there. I get it. And honestly, there's nothing in this world I would rather uh, do than bicycle kick someone. Sure. I uh, so A guest on the show saw someone bicycle kick someone else. I don't even know how you could do that. How mm-hmm. do you see a person do that? How does a person do that? I don't know. I want to say his name was Jimmy Dang. It was a friend of Ify Wadiwe's. Mm-hmm. Do you know Ify? I do know Ify. Yeah. Ify, I guess, went to high school with the guy who, for real, bicycle kicked someone. I don't know. This kind of sounds like a lie. It's come up multiple times on this podcast, and Ify brought it up on his podcast. So Jimmy Dang's gotten a lot of airtime okay. <laughs> over the last few months. Uh, I'm willing to believe it, because as far as I know, Ify's never lied. I'm sure Ify's lied. I'm sure Ify's somewhere lying right now. You think so? Nope, but it could be. I'm going to check in. I'm going to text Ify after the show and say, did you lie today? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use that as the sort of basis for me deciding whether or not the Jimmy Dang story is factor. You should fiction. definitely extrapolate from this one instance, yes. I think it's because it's totally random. It's mm-hmm. like a text in the middle of the day. Did you lie today? Yep. If it's a yes, that could have been any What day. if he's lying about having lied? Then it's still a lie. But how would you know? But if he says, oh, you're saying if he says, no, I didn't lie, and is he that a lie? he did. Shit. Uh, boy, I'm starting to think that this is not a foolproof plan. Foolproof it is not. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll get a second person to ask him too. Okay. Yeah. Somebody's not afraid to be honest with. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. This is very involved. I hope it works. I'm going to text Ify, and then I'm going to text Danny Fernandez to also text Ify, uh, asking whether or not he lied That's today. The, I like his plan. Because I think he'd be honest with Danny, and I'm pretty sure he'd be honest with me. But and Then I'm going to text both of them and tell them to lie to me? Uh, yes, about anybody who asked me if they lied today. Honestly, Both chaos reigns. This yeah. is inappropriate. I think this is how yeah. we do it. It's 2019. It, I, it, sure. And to anyone true. who's listening, you should also text them and tell them to lie if either Ben or Mike asked them to lie or if they've lied. Yeah. yeah. Anyone listening who has either Ify Wadiwe or Danny Fernandez's phone numbers, text them to, and tell them to lie more. Mm-hmm. But just today. And if you missed it today, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Today will be uh, Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. What's the date? It's going to be, you know, to only text them on Monday, August 19th, asking them to lie on Monday, August 19th. It's a holiday. It's a tradition now. Mm. So every year on um, August, what was it? Uh, 19th. Every August 19th, it's um, Danny and Ify Lie Day. Danny and Ify Lie Day. Mm -hmm. National holiday. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, monsters attack a commercial set. Jax is now aware that magic, monsters, other dimensions, and an impending war exist. And what does he choose to do? He, this is really, I think this really shows his character. His immediate thought is, okay, then let's go to Outworld and get Sonya. So, what you're telling me is by this point, he already had metal arms. So... This is the thing with the metal arms. Okay. Uh, it's a little confusing in this iteration of Jax. You'll understand what I mean by that soon. What the deal is with the metal arms. Technically, in this first uh, iteration of Jax, the metal arms are a piece of gear that he slips on his arms to help him in combating... Forces that are stronger than a normal man. Hmm. Metal slips, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. That said, the reason that is canon is because of a, a 
pretty bad like spin-off game that Jack starred in that kind of like really messes with canon uh, for him. So I don't know that it's technically canon. Gotcha. So I will say that in my opinion, canonically, Jax did not have metal arms at this point. Gotcha. He was just a very strong and talented and strategic soldier. Okay. At this point. Well, he shows up on that island. He shows up on the island, still no metal arms. Still no metal arms. At this point. He goes to the island. He, He Well, actually, he doesn't go to the island. He goes to Outworld. So Jack's literally like, one day he's like, where did Sonya go? Dang it. And then he goes to a commercial set, and Johnny Cage tells him monsters and magic and dimensions exist, and he's like, no. And then a bunch of monsters and magic come out of a portal from another dimension, and he goes, oh, I'm going to go to another dimension and rescue my friend. Wow. So he goes with Raiden and with Liu Kang and with and Johnny Cage. no further U.S. Special Forces, just him there's and no the time. magic people. There's no time. There's no time. I guess there's no cell phones either. No, it's the then. early 90s. He might have beeped. Someone at Special Forces Walkie saying, talkie. Monsters Real, Outworld, Another Dimension, BRB. Over. Yeah, Over. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. I think so. I think that's probably what happened. So he goes to this other dimension, and, and he gets there, and he's like, all right, so that's Shao Kahn. That's the emperor here. That's Shang Tsung. He's a wizard, uh, and it's a fighting tournament, and I'm expected to participate, but really I'm just here to get Sonya. And he does. He sees Sonya and Kano both of them chained up in oh, yeah. in like a, an arena where they're supposed to fight. So he's I like, remember, All right. I'm getting a flood of memories mm-hmm. of watching these two tortured people in the background chains. Yeah. And while, it was Sonya and Kano. While I was turning someone into a baby yeah. in the foreground. Yeah. Well, you couldn't have turned him into a baby at this point. Okay. You could only be friends. I was lying. Thank you for catching me. Yeah. Well, you know, you just mix it. I think that it's possible that in maybe Mortal Kombat Trilogy, which kind of collected elements of the first three games... And had the story of the third game. You can I'm do not babies. Even sure, I played three, but the but them in the background. That was three. It was two. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. And, and, it was two. Okay. And two had friendships. Friendships, but not babalities. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was making hand rainbows while they were right clearly yeah. having a bad time in the background. Yeah. And they were like, "Wow, I mean, it's good. It's good that you guys made up. But if anyone could just unshackle us, just a that little, would be tight, just a little, I yeah, could, you know, loosen, loosen the shackles. Somebody had an itch somewhere they couldn't reach. I'm yeah. sure it was bad. <laughs> so, uh, so Jax has to fight in a fighting tournament in another dimension. I think he was secretly into it. Yeah, he probably was. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely someone who's like proud of his strength. Mm-hmm. It comes up a lot. He's like punching his fists all the time, doing that classic strong dude thing." Yeah. So I think, yeah, he was pretty psyched. But also he was excited to like save his friend. He's definitely got a hero complex. He didn't stop to fight. Well, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, he did what he had to do. True. Ultimately, he didn't win the tournament. He let Liu Kang take it home while he went and saved Sonya. Wait, so Liu Kang won both? Yeah. Jeez, buddy, let somebody else have a turn. On the one hand, yes. On the other hand, Liu Kang from childhood was trained specifically to fight in and win at the Mortal Kombat tournament. So why does anybody else even bother? It's like backup. Okay. You know? Hey, like you said, why'd they just send Sonya to get Kano? Mm-hmm. Why'd they just send Jax to get Sonya? Sometimes it's better to have backup. Sometimes you have the choice. Sometimes you don't. Um, but, you know, it's always a team team effort, these Mortal Kombat tournaments. You have some champions from Earth, some champions from Outworld. Champions! Yeah. I'm going to say that one probably doesn't get called out very often in Mortal Kombat. I don't know that anyone else champions. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> 
I mean, I was just doing it because I like the idea of them calling themselves champions. Yeah, yeah, they do. They straight up say we are Earth's champions. They didn't win anything before they got there, though. No. I guess the prize is like getting to fight to the death. Okay. For some people, that I don't, is the I don't prize. Mind, I don't mind uh, not winning that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool being like an honorable mention yeah. and not doing the death fight. I'm cool being told I'm qualified and then not I'm, having to do it. I'm okay with uh, having no feedback about whether or not I can enter the, <laughs> the tournament to the death. You yeah, know? sure. I'm okay never knowing that yes. anyone's ever fighting to the death. True. Well, I think, mm, I don't know if that's okay for you. I feel like you'd want to know. Yeah, I, I guess it really like depends know. on like who's fighting right. and what the stakes are. But if it's like innocent people being coerced into a fight to the death, I should know. I could avoid that too. I mean, I should know only that I feel responsible for knowing. Yeah, but wouldn't you just as a person who's interested in uh, fighting games and uh, monsters, mm-hmm. wouldn't you just want to know who's in this and who organized it just out of sheer curiosity? Oh sure, yeah. yeah. If it was like, if this is like if it is the Mortal Kombat tournament, if it is like, hey, did you know that like centaurs and dragon people fight? I'd yeah. be like, yeah, I gotta know you'd more about that. You'd be there, sure. yeah. I would. That's true. That you'd is buy, true. You'd buy a ticket. Yeah, I would. I wonder what it would cost. Seems like a high stakes. Twelve thousand dollars a seat. It honestly seems low. Yeah, I agree. Because <laughs> in the games, the arena's never seemed that big. They don't. And also, like, you only you get this one view of them. Well, yeah. well, I mean, until later on, you only get the one view. That's true. And even later on, like, it kind of eventually comes back to the same view. Interesting. Yeah, they didn't stick with the three D fighting thing. Anyway, <laughs> long walk to water. All to say that Jax does save Sonya. He even unshackles Kano, who's like, thanks, dude, and then immediately puts handcuffs on him. <laughs> and is like, yeah, no, you're still extremely under arrest. Yeah. And uh, Liu Kang takes the tournament home. They're escaping through a portal to Outworld. And uh, Kano gets away, and he goes and like hides in Outworld. How does he get away in handcuffs? I mean, I imagine they were rushing towards a portal that would decide whether or not they managed to escape from a hostile dimension. This is how Loki got away in yeah. the game. It's like, you know, stakes are high. Mm-hmm. You, you tried it. You try to bring the bad guy in, but also, like, end of the day, it's the fate of humanity versus, like, a mercenary. They're like, True. Right, whatever, dude. Fuck off. So Kano escapes, but Jax and Sonya manage to get back to Earth. Hooray. Jax immediately goes back to the U.S. government. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey guys, so here's the deal. There are other dimensions. Monsters live there. They want to conquer us. We got to like have a section of the government to police other dimensions. But or- first, I need a set of metal arms. You got to give me those arms. You got to give me the arms. We're so close. But what happened first was the government said... What the fuck are you talking about? Mm. There's no way that that's real. Can't trust that guy. Clearly, governor. you've lost your mind. A bunch of people from special forces died, and this is the whole excuse that you have for why. I think something's up. I don't think they court-martialed him at that point, but they were definitely like, you're on thin ice, mister. And you're on drugs. And probably you're on some of that they really good L.A. crystal. Yep. You went out there, mm-hmm. and you definitely developed an addiction to that L.A. crystal. Mm-hmm. That early, that infamous early 90s L.A. crystal. That one commercial set, a lot of, a lot of lives changed. Is that true? That commercial set that Johnny Cage oh, was Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying that there was a commercial. I immediately created a fiction in my mind. Where there was a, a, just a crystal commercial. You. Yeah, that in the early 90s, there was a commercial in L.A. that was like, you got to try crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a shot. 
That commercial would have been responsible for more people trying Crystal than, yeah. than any local drug dealer. Yeah, for sure. Noticed. Early 90s, they were like, whoa, Crystal's extreme. <laughs> it's just people with sunglasses turning into like glowing puddles. It's just like people smoking broken Mountain Dew bottles. Yeah. And they were still glass. And they were like, back off, mom. I'm, I'm extreme. <laughs> then they like put on responsible like elbow and shoulder pad and like mm-hmm. knee pads and then got on like a skateboard and very slowly like went down the street. While smoking crystal. Very slowly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kick, push, smoke. Uh, so, Jax is dismissed as a crazy person. And he and Sonya are like, shit, what do we do? Like, we have devoted our lives to defending uh, the Earth, but, all, but you know, primarily America. But uh, we now know that there's a huge threat and we don't have any backup. What do we do? And that's when uh, Outworld straight up invades Earth. Oh, no. Portals start opening up all over major cities. Monsters start pouring out of those portals. Like, we got dragons flying through the sky. We got centaurs storming through the streets, spearing people. That's not good. Souls are being ripped out of people's bodies That's and sucked up good. into, like, a soulnado, a tornado of souls. Oh. Mm-hmm. I That's, mean, it looks cool. That sounds really smelly, though. I don't know why. Yeah. What do you... Do you think souls smell? I think probably. I think a bunch of souls in a, in a giant whirlwind probably smell pretty awful. Do you think souls smell better or worse based on the, uh, like, moral fortitude of the person they've been rendered from? That and a diet, yeah. You think it's both? Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> it feels unfair that your diet would affect your soul. Yeah, well, I'm sure it does. Our doctors just don't know that yet, but I'm sure it does. I guess that's true. We don't yeah. know what's giving us cancer. We don't know what's stinking up our souls. No idea. If anyone out there knows what stinks up our souls, if anyone's a theology major <laughs> listening yeah. to this podcast. Tell Ben, don't tell me. Yeah, yeah. Don't let Mike know, but yeah. I'm interested. Um, but as we've already established, I feel responsible for knowing things. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jax says, all right, monsters are ra- rampaging throughout the world. I've got to do something. I've got to put on some metal arms. Yeah! It is the only logical way to deal with this problem. I ha- I'm great at punching. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I beef up my punch skills. That's good. I put on some big, I think they are specifically referred to as indestructible bionic arms. Now, if we're not going with the uh, altered canon where these are metal slip-on? These are on? still slip-on. Oh, they can't be bionic. They're just slip-on. Well, actually, you know what? I got to say that I'm pretty sure they're slip-on, but I also feel like at some point it changed to them not being slip-on in this timeline. Again, the arms thing is one of the hardest things to track. They make a lot more sense in the second timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to say that I'm pretty sure they stayed a slip-on situation for most of the story. I'm not sure that he ever willingly replaced them with just full-on shoulder-to-hand Robot arms, mm-hmm. but he may have. I always thought they were fully so did I. Uh, integrated metal. And eventually they systems. are. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they appear to have not been at this okay. point. Um, I'm not sure which one makes more sense to me logically. Well, there's a very clear cause and effect with the second one. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, regardless, I think I guess the headline is he puts on robot arms because it is the for him, the most logical way to deal with the uh, interdimensional monsters rampaging through our world problem. And he does. Puts on the robot arms. 
he goes to war with ninjas and ghosts and cyborg ninjas and centaurs in the streets of like New York and Chicago. That's not where you should fight monsters. That's where they are. So you kind of got to go to the monsters, right? Now, is this a game? Is it in a game? Yeah. It's this is the plot of the third Mortal Kombat game. Gotcha. I didn't know yeah. they were America fighting in. I didn't play part three. Yeah. Three is the coolest one because it is like they ditched the idea of fighting tournaments entirely. Mm. And now it's just like. Look. Fighting in the streets. Yeah. Pick your monster. Pick your person. It's a, it's a war. It's a war wow. in the streets. The like plot that you're. Te- like whenever you do a fight in the third Mortal Kombat, the, technically what's happening is. You're just fighting in one of the locations where this war is going down. Wow. You're just scrapping. You're either someone from Team Raiden or someone from Team Shao Kahn, and you're just going to war Who in the streets. Who Raiden King shit? Uh, the Elder Gods. Okay. He's a god, which is, I guess, like a demigod to a god is like a god to an elder god. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his entire charge is defend Earth. Like, every dimension has its own god. He has not been doing a good job. Uh, yeah, on one hand, maybe he's doing the best he can, but definitely, like... Well, no. you should probably have some more people with them that aren't regular people, regular right. humans. With, like, robot arms? Yeah. Well, I think part of the problem is that Shao Kahn was the god assigned to protect Outworld. Now, wait a minute. Okay, I get it. Well, sort of. Basically, what he did, and this is kind of deep lore, he was supposed to protect Outworld, and the emperor in Outworld was this guy named Onaga, the Dragon King. Uh-huh. And Shao Kahn said, honestly, fuck that. I'm a god. He's just, like, a dragon who can do necromancy. So he okay. poisoned, which is hilarious that that's how this guy died, but he poisoned Onaga the Dragon King, and he said, I'm the emperor now. So it is kind of like Raiden, who doesn't have any diplomatic power. He's not like the emperor of Earth. You know what my problem is? Hmm. Shao Kahn was a boss. Yeah. Raiden was a regular fighter. That's true. So it seems like there's some imbalance here. There is definitely an imbalance. Yeah, I guess part of it is that Shao Kahn, uh, he usurped power and said like, I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care about the rules. And Raiden was like, well, I can't just take power Mm. in earth. I have Mm. to let humans do their thing. So I think that's why he does a worse job defending his realm. That said, Outworld supposedly used to be really beautiful and uh, Shao Kahn sapped it of all of its resources. Sure. So who is doing a better job of defending the realm? People are like starving to death in Outworld. And uh, in Earthrealm, like, people are, you know, thriving-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not... De- climate change hasn't hit yet in the mid-90s when uh, Raiden yeah, is... True. Or no, it has. It but definitely has. It just has. wasn't as part of uh, the uh, public discourse as it is sure, now. Sure, sure. And it wasn't, it wasn't as dramatic uh, at the time, weather-wise. Um, yeah. Wow, that is a lot. That is a lot more like the Republicans and Democrats than anyone thought. That's about. a damn not, good Not to get political here on yeah. Mortal Podcast, but the, it's pretty easy to see. I can see. Yeah, uh, we know we know who's got a picture up in the White House. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jax puts on his robot arms. He goes to war in the streets, um, and in the end, thankfully, Outworld is successfully repelled by Jax and friends. All right. When you know Liu Kang beats Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat in the streets. Is Johnny Cage in number three? Uh, he is. Okay. He dies. And Don't we all? He's a ghost. And he comes back. Nice. I can't remember if all of that happens in the third ghost one. Ghost and biker shorts. Yeah, biker I ghost. It. I love it. No, yeah. no, that's different. That's Ghost Rider. That's different. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Ghost talking and talking about biker just shorts. the shorts. Ghost and biker shorts is everyone who ever got hit by a car while riding their bike. Yep. And Johnny Cage. Yep. Yeah. He's the leader. <laughs> um. So, the government after this situation is like, 
all right. I guess there's another dimension full of monsters. Mm -hmm. So they create a new department called the Outer World Investigation Agency, the OIA. Okay. I do not know why it's not called the Outworld Investigation Agency. I guess they were like, there's Outworld, but then there's other Outer Worlds. It's not as clever as they thought it was. Could have called it like the DIA, the Dimensional Investigation Agency. Anyway, OIA. Jax is put in charge with Sonya. OIA. Sorry. That's probably why, though. Yeah. Um, so Jax and Sonya are put in charge of the OIA, uh, and they have a new job. They're given this huge underground bunker and, uh, they're given like a whole team and their new job is to send agents into other dimensions like Outworld and look for any ways that Outworlders or other dimensions are able to get to Earthrealm mm-hmm. and destroy those access points. That gets into like a weird kind of nationalist like vibe where it's like, well, I don't know. People in Outworld who aren't like an emperor seem to have a pretty horrible time. Like, what if some of them need to be refugees, say, that come to Earthrealm? And then, you know, Jackson's friends are just storming in there, like destroying portals. But I guess from their perspective, they're like, this is the best way to stop people from getting, you know, slaughtered to stop in the streets. Immigration. Again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like, look. We don't know who's coming into Earthrealm. Exactly. We don't know if they're good. They're or not bad. sending their best. We just can't let anyone come here. Yeah. It's a little. I'm like Jackson. Only demons who can stand on their own two feet. Or wings. Yes. Or their horns. four hooves. Yes, hooves. Stand on their horns would be an interesting. It, it yeah, you're be. only allowed in if you can do a horn stand. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thirty seconds. <laughs> hey man, listen. Three, you got You got to work on that core if you want to come <laughs> to Earthrealm. <laughs> Uh, so Jax, Sonia, kind of back to like a new normal almost. It's like this conflict over Outworld. All these people do not process their trauma. My God. No, they just move on. They're like back to work. It's just, he's just back to pushing paper, um, paper pushing with metal arms. Dude, I'm excited. Got a nosebleed sitting there at the desk. I don't want to give it away, but I'm excited to tell you that. You're 100% right, and it becomes a part of the story for Jax. Wow. And I, I, I really, really, really love that it does. Wow. They did, they've done a very, very good job with Jax over the years. Uh, so, Outworld seemingly taken care of. Oh, also, in that war, Jax didn't do it, but while Outworld was invading, like they came over with Kano, of course, and Sonya, as far as she knows, killed Kano. Finally. So they're like, dude, Black Dragon's pretty much taken care of. Kano's taken care of. Outworld's taken care of. We've got our own wing of the government to take care of future problems. They kind of feel good about it, I think. I think they're definitely burying a shitload of trauma. Of course. But they're feeling good. They're like, cool, cool, cool. Let's move on. Uh, And so as they're kind of getting back to normal, Sonya's like, hey, the last member of the Black Dragon is out there, this guy, Jarek. I'm going to go arrest him. It's kind of like a slow period. And Jax, you stay on like investigating these other realms. And Jax is like, sounds good, dude. Uh, and then Sonya, uh, in classic Sonya fashion, disappears. <laughs> oh, Sonya. They got a little lazy with she this She got to keep a buddy around. She does. Well, this time it's not because she got kidnapped. It's because she came across Raiden, who was like, hey, Sonya, need your help real quick. Um, so Outworld, not a problem right now. That said, the Nether Realm, uh, there's this fallen elder god named Shinnok. He was resurrected by this uh, necromancer named Quan Chi. The two of them have formed an army in the Nether Realm, and they're invading Earth Realm. God, yeah. Earth keeps taking it in the face. It really does. Uh, I mean, I guess in, on, in, from that perspective, it's not a bad thing that the OIA exists, right? Because uh, we need something, and Raiden's not cutting it. He's, He's not, not willing to do what it takes. He, he needs so much more help. He does, and so uh, so 
so Jax doesn't really find out what happened with Sonia until after the fact. Um, but he learns, yes, that this guy Shinnok came with this guy Quan Chi. They were planning to conquer Earth. And uh, Sonia, along with a lot of the original Earth crew, takes down Shinnok and stops him. Uh, it was Liu Kang again, by the way. <laughs> I get the fuck out of here, Liu uh-huh. Kang. Don't worry. You're just like, he's like the New England Patriots of um, Mortal Kombat fighters. Yeah, he People is. People are just fucking sick of him winning after it's a while. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Who are you, the Yankees? Right. Come on. It's not good. That's pretty much everything I know about uh, sports. sports. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that, that always works. I used to be a baseball kid. That time is long gone. I understand. You like you like monsters better. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Mo- monsters and in, in movies uh, replaced uh, baseball. Yeah, baseball. And musical theater. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. So you, had yep. a, you had a musical theater or a baseball-sized hole in your heart. There was a distinct line in my childhood mm-hmm. where I broke my arm playing baseball. I grew up in Florida. I played uh, on a really rainy day. I tried to slide from first base to second base. It was super muddy. I pivoted to third. I put too much weight on my arm and it snapped. Ow! Yeah. Then, then that sounds like something that happens in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And then my mom was like, well, uh, you're still recovering. Like, maybe you don't do baseball. I was like, okay. And then she's like, maybe you don't go to your usual summer camp. Maybe you can go to a theater camp instead. Uh, she went to acting school in, mm-hmm. in her youth. And I was like, uh, will they let me direct? And she was like, yes. And that was a lie. But mm. I did wind up getting really into musical theater. And that was the dividing line. It was like, no more... The sport part's over. Right. Yeah. And then it was, it was theater. Then it was monsters. Yeah. All to say that uh, I agree. Luke Kang's just like, yeah, dude. Come on. We get it. You know? Come on. Who are you? Perennial Tony winner Sutton Foster? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, the OIA has... Wiped out the Black Dragon clan. Uh, they've stopped the Nether Realm from invading. They've stopped our world from invading. Seems like all is going well. Mm-hmm. And then a few of their agents disappear under mysterious circumstances. Everybody disappears in yeah. Mortal Kombat. Thankfully, not Sonya this time. Okay. And uh, and then it turns out that one of the OIA agents is a double agent. This guy here's where it gets real convoluted. So this guy uh, Su Su Hao, he. Uh, works for the Red Dragon. I love how you just know all of this, too. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> uh, I love it. It's so complicated. It is. It you doesn't said have now to be. is where it gets convoluted. Well, now it gets convoluted like... convoluted five years ago. It gets convoluted even for Mortal Kombat. Right. Because Su Hao is like, surprise, I work for the Red Dragon. And they're like, sorry, the what? And he's yeah. like, yeah, the Black Dragon broke off from the Red Dragon. Oh, come on. And we hate that they did so that. That is like a blood and crypt situation here. Yeah, but like even more, like he's like, and that's why I joined the OIA to help take out the last of the Black Dragon this members. This is like COINTELPRO. This is bad. And now that I've done that, he's like, I'm going to set off this miniature nuke. Why? Why the nuke? <laughs> will destroy the underground bunker oh and God. cover my tracks. And uh, Suhao does that. And Jackson and Sonya survive. But they've lost most of the OIA agents, oh, no. and they've lost their beautiful bunker. That honestly, like the way that it's talked about in Jax's storyline, it seems like he really, really loved having an underground bunker. Yeah, don't know why he just was like into it. Like that's the thing he's most upset about is like Sue how destroyed my underground bunker. It's the architectural equivalent of walking around pounding one's fist. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brutalist architecture, mm-hmm. and it's pretty brutal when you pound your fists like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
you know, Jackson and Sonia are like, shit, what do we do? The OIA is like pretty much dismantled right now. It's like in any of the, it's like any James Bond movie or like Mission Impossible movie where they're like, oh, the bad guys destroyed our base. Like we're out with nothing. And that's when Raiden reaches out and says, hey guys, so we got another like trying to conquer the earth situation and I could use your help. And they're like, great, we're looking for something to do because we are just at a real loss right now. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, Shang Tsung, you remember Shang Tsung? They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. And Quan Chi, you remember he brought back Shinnok? They're like, yeah, yeah. They've formed a bit of a deadly alliance. Uh, and they're trying to conquer uh, Earthrealm this time. By, oh like, my god. They're trying to use the old Dragon King of Naga. They're trying to use his immortal army. And like it's a whole thing. So like, could you? we're getting the band back together if you want to kind of help us take them down. The boys are back in town. Yeah. Jax is like, this works for me because... It's my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I love stopping people from taking over Earth. Mm-hmm. Also, convenient, turns out Su Hao and the Red Dragon, whoever they are, have teamed up with the Deadly Alliance. So, oh my kill God. two birds with one stone. Three, maybe. Mm-hmm. And Jax does encounter Su Hao while helping take down uh, the Deadly Alliance. Right. And do you want to guess how he kills Su Hao? Oh, how does he beat the shit from Su Hao? Dude, he rips his heart out of his chest. The old Kano routine! Classic. Wow. Yeah, it's because Suhao has like a cybernetic heart situation, similar to Kano. I guess it's like a red dragon thing. And Kano see. came from the red dragon to make the black zone. But also it's like, uh, it's you know, it's like Iron Manny. It's like his heart. So so Jax like rips in there and just like rips out all the blood and all the wiring and stuff. And Suhao just dies. And I think they specify horrible agony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jax is like, all right, that's taken care of. Team, let's go take down... The Deadly Alliance's temple. Oh, also, the Deadly Alliance uh, has killed Liu Kang and Shao Kahn at this point. Oh, no. So they're like, they're, no, they, they're no joke. Why they kill Shao Kahn? Seems uh, like he probably would have linked up if they had asked him. Because it's like a let's kill our bosses and the worker uh, needs to rise situation. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm on their side then. Yeah, right? They're comrades. Yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. You should have told me this a long the time Deadly ago. Deadly Alliance, my socialist king. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that is pretty much it. They're like, let's kill Shao Kahn. Shinnok's done. Why don't we be in charge? I don't right. know why we've been serving anyone. All this free, all this free labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, why don't we get all the souls this time? And they actually, you know, they're pretty successful together. They kill Liu Kang. They kill Shao Kahn. Our heroes team up and they rush uh, the Dragon King Onaga's temple to stop the Deadly Alliance. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Deadly Alliance kills all of them. Oh, good, including Jax. Oh, well. They slaughter everybody. The luck runs out sooner or later. How yeah. many invasions can one stop? Truly, they kill Sonya, they kill Johnny, mm-hmm. they kill Jax. Well, Seems like the end of the story, huh? Um, One would think. One would think. And yet, no. Of course not. No. Uh, what happens is they accidentally helped resurrect Onaga, who you know has been dead this whole time, the Dragon King Onaga, the mm-hmm. former emperor of Outworld. He comes stomping up. He kills the Deadly Alliance. Uh, he kills Raiden, and he resurrects Jackson friends and turns them into his undead servants. I see. And he uses them. So there's zombies. Now? There's zombies. Yeah. And he sends them out on like a killing spree, pretty much like enacting his plan to conquer uh, Outworld again, and then afterwards conquer all the rest of the realms. So this is, it's kind of cool because this is the story where we really get to know like the normal people who live in Outworld. Normal people! That are not people. like a part of this conflict. I refuse. Is that where Barack was from? 
Oh, Baraka is from Outworld. Okay. He's a Tarkatan. They are um, mutated people who live out in like the wastelands mm-hmm. of Outworld. It's unclear what they mutated from. Right. Knives. They're called mutants. Yeah, they're knife. They're knife, knife people. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a big box, a crate of knives mm-hmm. out there that got nuked, and it turned into Baraka's. Well, family. I think they just got a. Uh, they got a box of knives pregnant somehow. Yeah. Someone just fucked a box of mm-hmm. knives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God! Isn't that in seven? Isn't that part of the movie seven? <laughs> It's in a fucking box. It's, a, it's knives, and, I'm, and they're making me horny. Uh, <laughs> Dick in a box. Oh yeah. my god, dude! It's all we are solving pop culture. The dots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, if you were listeners at home, you can't tell, but I have a board connecting all of this with red string up mm-hmm. on the wall uh, that we're observing right now. Um, so, which game are we on? We are on game five. Okay. Sorry, we are into game six now. Gotcha. And this is pretty close to the end of that first timeline. Mm-hmm. So Jax is alongside Sonia and Johnny and like all of his friends turned into like an undead slave and they're being paraded around Outworld and forced to kill on... Forced to fuck knives. Forced to fuck knives mm-hmm. and fuck people up with knives mm-hmm. uh, all across Outworld. Um, and it is the ghost of Liu Kang. <laughs> of course. Who manages to... Headband uh, ghost, biker shorts ghost, let's go. Yeah, these ghosts, they, they ghosted up together. And they are able to reunite their friends with their bodies. So Jax is turned back into human Jax, um, but he remembers everything he did, and it's horrible. Mm. And uh, so is Sonia, and they're all brought back to life. I think the only one who isn't is Liu Kang. Um, and then Jax, you know, Onaga gets defeated, not by Liu Kang this time, by someone else. It's a whole thing. But pretty much, yeah, world is saved. But now Jax is starting to be like, holy shit, like, this is, I've done horrible things. I've been through so much. Trauma's starting to get to him. Oh. That is when he, he tries to get back to work. He goes back to the OIA with Sonya. They're trying to act like everything's back to normal. They wind up in a rivalry with a group of uh, cybernetic ninjas called the Tekunin. Okay. That's like the new gang they fixate on. They're like, we have to stop them. And, um, of course, a, a much bigger conflict winds up arising. There's this long-time prophecy that is coming true. The prophecy states that a huge pyramid will rise in Outworld, and there will be a war at the base of this pyramid. And whoever makes it to the top of the pyramid will have to fight a big fire demon creature, and whoever kills that creature will become the most powerful being in the universe. And the prophecy says that like only one person will get up there, only one person can do it, and many will die mm. in the process. Jax is like, well, my whole thing is defending people. And every villain in Mortal Kombat is rushing to this pyramid to get this power. Also, come on, Jackson lost every tournament you ever been in. Yeah. What are you running into this time? Hero complex, dude. He's like, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. He's never even the guy that like takes it home. Never. No. He he was doing much better when he was just special forces. Is is Liu Kang's ghost in this one? Liu Kang's zombified body is in this one, mm. and it's evil. Okay, well, and it's controlled by actually a Raiden who has realized I'm not doing enough, and has become Dark Raiden, and is now saying, "I'll kill whoever I have to to protect Earth." My money is going on Ghost Liu Kang in this one. Well, here's where things really get bonkers. Mm-hmm. Oh, now of course. Now here is where things really get bonkers. There is a massive war. Every hero, every villain in Mortal Kombat at the base of this pyramid. Jax falls, you know, as he, he's Jax. He's, he's Jax. not going to be the guy that gets to the top of the pyramid. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. He, he, he is bridesmaided at the bottom of this pyramid. Mm-hmm. 
I believe he dies on uh, by spear, if I remember oh, correctly. That's not, is that somebody? Okay, anyway. I don't even think that's someone's main weapon. That's, I think someone just like, picked up spear. a spear and just stuck it through. He might have honestly tripped into one, for all I oh, know. Oh, my gosh. Jax dies at the base of this pyramid. Uh, the, there are two people who make it to the top, and it's Raiden and Shao Kahn. Because mm-hmm. really, at the heart of it, who is the story really about? Sure, it's about the people who are the charges of these two realms. Shao Kahn kills this fire demon and absorbs his power. And he's about to crush Raiden's skull with his warhammer. And in the instant between the hammer being lifted and smushing Raiden's head on the uh, base of this pyramid, sorry, on the top of the pyramid, uh, Raiden manages to grab this amulet that he's apparently had this whole goddamn time <laughs> and send a message to his younger self. Oh, wow. A time travel amulet. Mm-hmm. But the only message he's able to send back is Captain Marvel. Okay, he's Captain Marvel. You got to see the movie Captain Marvel. It's pretty good. I'm going to say it's like a three out of four. It's fun. Uh, no, the only message he's able to send back is he must win. Feels like a proper noun would have been more helpful there. Something. Someone's yeah. name would have been good. Initials. Yeah. Something. Even anything. He just says he must win. So we rewind. Has anybody ever texted the word must? They must. That's, it can. Uh, it's not a word people use. I'm like scanning my memory. You know what? Tell you what, folks, when you text if he and Danny... Say you must lie. You must lie. Because let's just get must back into our I think, yeah, text vocabulary. That's a, there's a certain force to it. Yeah, yeah. there is. It is. It's like you feel compelled to do mm-hmm. it. It's like a spell. Yeah. You must hear the rest of the story. So what happens is we roll back to the first Mortal Kombat tournament. Second timeline begins. Second timeline begins. Mm-hmm. So this is the the when they rebooted the game. So the, you'll see how they approached it and honestly it rules. Now, the name of this game is what? Mortal Kombat. Okay. They just they went back. Mm-hmm. So, uh Raiden's at the first tournament standing next to Liu Kang ready to stop Shang Tsung on Shang Tsung's island, right? And uh Raiden all of a sudden hears the words he must win in his head and he knows it's a message from the future. And so this whole timeline is all about Raiden trying to interpret that phrase. Oh, gosh. And just by virtue of that, it creates a ton of micro changes that changes Jax's story completely Mm. in a lot of positive ways that involve a lot of ups and downs. So in this new timeline, because of this little ripple effect, it's now Jax who travels to Shang Tsung's island to investigate the Mortal Kombat tournament. Oh, Sonya. Mm-hmm. And he winds up getting captured and imprisoned there. So Sonya probably you know, gets waterboarded. Water yeah, but it's probably like magic waterboarding. It's or, probably like or, some or pee. They probably pee boarded him. Yeah, it's either like mutant pee mm-hmm. or like uh, they have a lot of acid pools. So my, I guess it couldn't be acid because it's not like he's just an exposed skull the entire series. True. Although that'd be kind of interesting. They could just I use an eyedropper and just put it certain places. A little, a little drip drip of acid. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? So. Um, uh, Jax is present at this tournament. Sonia shows up to rescue him. She succeeds, and he doesn't fight in the tournament, but he does meet Johnny Cage, meet Liu Kang, Shao, Shang Tsung, Shao Kahn, the whole Outworld situation. He finds out about it all there, and he witnesses Liu Kang defeating Shang Tsung. Jax and Raiden kind of buddy up. Jax and Raiden. Yeah, which honestly, someone should just make that. Let's yeah. just see Jax and Raiden together. <laughs> They buddy, go buddy back. Cops. They go back with Liu Kang to the uh, Wuxi Academy, where he basically lives and where he trained. And uh, they're there with all the heroes, and they're kind of like celebrating, like we did it, we won the first tournament. And that's when a huge portal opens up, and Shang Tsung comes out of it and is like, "Hey guys, do over tournament Outworld. Say yes." 
And they say, no, why would we do that? And he goes, because Tarkatan Horde. And he unleashes a bunch of Barakas. uh, Barakas, yeah, who come and slaughter pretty much everyone Liu Kang ever grew up with at this Mm -hmm. temple. And Jax is like fighting all these Baraka people all over the temple. And he winds up losing his arms. Almost. Mm -hmm. Not quite. We're almost there, though. He he does not succeed in defending everybody. The Barakas kidnap uh, Sonya Blade, pull her through the portal, and then we're into the plot of Mortal Kombat 2. Sonya's been kidnapped. She's an outworld. They have no choice but to go fight an outworld. And uh, Jax is going to go there with you know his new friends, Johnny Cage and Raiden and all of them. Uh, so Jax goes to outworld. He fights in the tournament. The whole time he's there, Johnny Cage is like, so you and Sonya, are you guys like a thing? <laughs> and Jax is like, no, she's my commanding, I'm her commanding officer. We're just friends. Uh, it's not like that. And Johnny Cage is like, cool, cool, cool. So like, you want to be my wingman? Or like, what? <laughs> Jax is getting like kind of annoyed at Johnny Cage. Kind of like a buddy cop situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, the two of them manage to rescue Sonya. But in the process... They come across one of Shao Kahn's henchmen, a ghost ninja named Ermac. He's like a thousand souls or maybe a million souls packed into one ninja body. That's too many. It's way too many. It's got to be so loud in there. I thought I had a lot going on in my head. You kidding me? Ermac, uh, Jax tries to fight him. He's in over his head. Ermac lifts Jax up off the ground, takes his two arms, and telekinetically rips them off. Ouch. Just rips his arms off. Off. And that hurts to think about. Can you imagine? No, I cannot. That like happens to people. People get limbs ripped off in uh, real life. People used to do the drawn and quarter. They used to get their arms. Anyway. It's horrible. Yes. I always think about, I think the worst thing about that, the idea of losing a limb in an accident is probably the moment when you look down and you're like, that's never going to be the same again. Ah, this is me forever. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to is. process. It again, is. trauma. And you got to renormalize after that somehow. Yeah. So, so Jax, you know, he... Now has no arms, uh, which is why he gets bionic arms in this timeline. In this timeline, they are actual robot arms that are welded on his shoulders. As it always should have been. Right? It makes way more sense. Way more sense. So he's got these robot arms, and he uses them during the invasion of Earth by Outworld, just as he did in the first timeline. But again, this timeline, butterfly effect, because of the Raiden message, things are changing. And what changes in this instance is that uh, while our heroes are meeting up trying to plan what to do to stop the Outworld invasion, uh, Shinnok, sorry, Shao Kahn's bride, Sindel, um, which is a whole saga, just going to have to accept that she exists, she storms into the meeting and slaughters everybody there. Uh, except for, I think, Sonya and Johnny are the only two survivors. But she kills Jax by putting a heel, like a high heel, through his throat and snapping his neck. <laughs> Horrible. This is uh, not for kids. No, it's not. Kids, if you're listening, you're going to turn out just like me. Good luck. Oh, uh, so. So uh, Jax awakens in the Nether Realm. Quan Chi cut a weird deal with Shao Kahn where he was like, any soul you take, I get to claim in the nether realm if i help you in your invasion of earth realm so Jax wakes up in the nether realm as a revenant which is basically you know a zombie an undead soldier for quan chi and so similar to him becoming a servant in the first timeline um meanwhile back on earth sonia and johnny cage who survived uh and raiden managed to stop shao Kahn. 
so here's where things really, really, really go in a different direction for mm-hmm. Jax. Um, Quan Chi takes Shao Kahn's defeat as his cue to start his own war and his attempt to resurrect Shinnok. Uh, for years, he sends zombie Jax back up to Earthrealm uh, alongside a bunch of his other allies that were killed in that meeting uh, to do deadly missions in his plot to resurrect Shinnok. So for years... Jax is, like, in conflict with Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade, his, like, you know, best friends, mm-hmm. formerly, uh, as, like, an undead soldier. After years of fighting with them, they finally managed to restore his soul and save him, but he has severe PTSD. Of He's course. traumatized because he remembers everything. Oh, God. Everything he did for years. And, when like, living in hell, basically. Like, it's awful. Uh, so he retires. He says, no more, no more special forces. Gotta I'm go, gonna go lay on a beach in Tahiti. He, he's, I think he gets like a farm somewhere in the Midwest. He meets... That uh, metal arm's going to freak out the neighbors. They are. Yeah. He manages to do okay because he winds up meeting this woman, Ava. They get married. They have a daughter, Jackie. And he decides he's just going to live this quiet life uh, protecting them. But one day Raiden shows up on the farm, and oh, Jax, Jesus. I'm pretty sure Jax like shows up with a shotgun. And is like, yeah, dude, get out of here! Like Raiden, leave this fucking man alone. Well, Good grief, Raiden! This is so fucked up. Raiden says to him, "You did a lot of horrible things. You have a way to redeem yourself." Oh God, you're, gonna, just, you're gonna gaslight him, Raiden? That's what you're gonna do? It's awful. Oh. He says, uh, "I have a favor to ask. I need you to protect this Kami Dogu dagger. There's only a certain number of them. They're some of the most powerful artifacts in the world. I think that you will, you know." give your life to protect people. And I think you're one of the best warriors that earth has ever seen. So I'm just going to ask you to protect this Kami Dogu dagger. Keep it here on your farm. And Jax is like, fine, whatever he doesn't. I'm sure he only half processes that he's been manipulated. And of course, sure enough, an outworlder comes looking for that dagger. This guy named Rico, who in the power vacuum, Rico, Rico, they are running low on names. Yeah. It's R E I K O. So technically not like regular Rico, but it's still, I don't know. Maybe it's Rico, Rico, regardless. Right. In the power vacuum after Shao Kahn was defeated, uh, he's now controlling outworld's armies and he's come looking for the Kami Dogu dagger. He attacks Jax's, uh, farm. See, Raiden, you're Raiden's with that shit. Yeah, dude. He put him like right in the line of fire. Uh, Jax fights Rico and loses. Yeah, he's retired. Yeah, and Rico's going to kill his wife and daughter, and Jax just says, take the dagger. Just take it. I don't give a shit. My job is to protect my family right. now. This is not there you go, my Jax. problem. Yeah, he finally got there. Yeah. So uh, after that, he realized, I need to teach Jackie how to defend herself because if there's anything I've learned, it's that there's always going to be conflict it's always it's, a tournament to lose. Yeah. There's always going to be something I got to teach her how to defend herself. And he does. And after 25 years, 25 years pass, he, I think, comes to regret that decision a little bit because... he's 60. Yeah, he's old. Yeah. He's old now. So he comes to regret it because Jackie winds up joining Special Forces. Of course. And she joins it with Cassie Cage, the daughter oh, of Sonya Blade God. and Johnny Cage. And they're kid. best friends. They like grew up together because, of course, it's Sonya's kid. On the farm. Kid. Not on the farm. I think just like in each other's lives. Mm. I'm sure Sonya occasionally was like, hey, I'm going on a mission. I'm dropping Cassie off with you guys. Or Johnny was like, come out to LA, man. And hang out. Let's Cassie, like have some time. The kids can hang out. They just yeah. text each other. He must win back over and over again. And they're just like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> Lol. It's, enough time has passed that it's funny right. now. Dude, right. remember the Kami Dogu daggers? <laughs> right. That was ridiculous. 
so 25 years pass. Jackie joins Special Forces. She and Cassie are on a team together, and Jax is not happy about it. He's like, Sonia, why did you let Jackie join Special Forces? I asked you not to do that. You know that I worry about her. You know that I don't want her dealing with other dimensional shit. And Sonia's like, she's an adult. It's up to her. And Jax is like, I know, whatever. So one day, Sonia comes to Jax, and she says, I have a request. I've been working on a mission with your daughter and with Cassie. You're not going to like it, but Quan Chi is trying to bring back Shinnok again. We've been at war with the Netherrealm again. I need someone to go down to the Netherrealm with a team who really knows the Netherrealm to kidnap Quan Chi and get to the oh bottom of what's God. happening. Jax, will you do that? And Jax is like, if it's me going down to the Netherrealm, because I know it like the back of my hands, I lived there for years. If it's me going down there and capturing Quan Chi versus my daughter being sent in there blind, I'll go. So he goes in there and uh, he does accept the opportunity to just beat the ever-loving shit out of Quan Chi. Mm-hmm. And he does successfully bring him back to Earth. And because of that, and because of Jackie and her team, because he raised a great daughter, sh- they managed to defeat Shinnok and save the world. Nice. Years pass. Vera dies. Jax is living alone on the farm while Jackie's out there doing missions. And he's still riddled with PTSD and definitely like just feeling a lot of negative emotions. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a lot of positive stuff. In it. The best thing in his life, I think, from his perspective at this point is Jackie. She's out doing things that just worry him all the time, especially with his PTSD. He's like not in a good place living on this farm. Uh, and then he gets word that Sonia died mm. on a mission to the Nether Realm. Because she's 60 and still going on missions. Mm-hmm. Okay. With her daughter and with Jackie. And Jackie's like, hey, Dad, I'm sorry to tell you. Like, we were on another mission. We went down to the Nether Realm and Sonia died there. And Jax is like, this is awful. And then something crazy happens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kronika, the goddess of time, oh God. comes to Earthrealm. And uh, as it turns out, her daughter, sorry, her, her son was Shinnok. Her daughter is another current elder god. And she's not happy with this timeline shit. She's like, why did Raiden think he could make his own timeline? One in which my son died, uh, horrifically, I might add. And uh, her plan is pretty much to go to the Hourglass of Time, which is a physical location. Oh, it's, a donkey. it's a donkey wheel. <laughs> it, is a, it is a proverbial donkey wheel. Uh, it's on the Lost Island and she's going to literally turn back time and create a new, t- new timeline and uh, she just needs to build up an army that's going to watch her back and help her accrue the things that she needs to turn back time and basically erase the entire timeline as we know it. She goes around and starts making promises to people and she goes to Jax's farm and she says, Jax, I'm going to make you an offer. I'm going to create a new timeline and in that timeline you will not have had those traumatic years, but you'll still get Jackie. And what's more, Jackie will never become a member of special forces. She'll be a doctor or a lawyer or something like safe. Yeah. And Jax is like, that sounds good. I'm going to protect her, even though I'm immediately skeptical of anyone who comes to our realm and says, Oh, I'm going to do something. I'm going to basically genocide time and, uh, fix things. But Jax agrees to do it at the same time. Kronika coming here, Creates like a bunch of time paradoxes and anomalies. Oh, more timelines. Here's where things get kind of cool. A bunch of anomalies open up and a bunch of people start filtering in from other points of time. And Jax, circa the second Mortal Kombat tournament. So young Jax appears in our realm. He's immediately recruited by Raiden, who says we have to stop uh, Kronika. She's going to like take away... All, like, we're at a place oh. where we've defeated Outworld and we've defeated Shinnok. So now we got reality on reality yeah. warfare. Yeah. So Raiden's like, young Jax, 
Will, you go on a mission with your daughter. By the way, one day you have a daughter. And Jax is like, whoa, you're like a little older than me. That's weird. This is crazy. Mm-mm. He's like, will the two of you help me go on like a mission for me? Go get something from the ruins of Shang Tsung's Island and help me stop Kronika. And young Jax is like, yeah, absolutely. So Jax and Jackie go on a mission together uh, to the ruins of Shang Tsung's Island. And they really like bond there. And Jax comes to like really respect his daughter. He's like, wow, you're so cool. You're so capable. Uh, you're so smart. You're the best. And... They have actually like a lot of fun going and retrieving. It's like a crown made of souls or something <laughs> from uh, the island. And while they're there, um, this untraumatized Jax, who's able to have like trust in his daughter, mm-hmm. uh, they encounter modern day Jax mm-hmm. and they wind up fighting because modern day Jax is like, no, you don't understand. Horrible this things are happen to you. Up. Yeah, this yeah. should never happen. None of this should happen. My arm should not be this way. And Jackie is like, Dad, please don't do this. Uh, I don't want to erase time. And, and Jax is like, trust me, it's for your own good. And it's like, this is interesting. Who is in the right? I don't know. They all have their own perspectives. They've all been through horrible shit. Uh, and eventually, they do manage to defeat older Jax. Um, but not before he gives the crown to Kronika. Kronika is able to like get her plan going. She's going to like reverse the sands of time. Older Jax has a change of heart and he winds up helping the forces of good kill Kronika and stop her from erasing time. Uh, but they do it like a second too late. Of course. Time does get erased. God damn it. Uh, but now it's Liu Kang who is through machinations winds up being the person that will be in charge of creating a new timeline. Liu Kang fucking wins again. Liu Kang wins again. And all I'll say is, look, in the past, either uh, either a neither good nor bad force was creating time, or this woman, Kronika, who's clearly not great, was creating time. And Jax had horrible trauma in both timelines. Mm-hmm. Now, arguably, in the second one, he got a family. He had some good years, but they were definitely tainted mm-hmm. by untreated By all his PTSD. time in hell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my hope is in the future of Mortal Kombat, because that's where things ended in the most recent game. Then the future of Mortal Kombat, things will go a little better for Jax and he'll get all the things that he wants uh, without trauma because at least a friend is going to be weaving time. Well, you know, uh, if he still ends up in special forces and um, there still ends up being uh, hordes and hordes of interdimensional beings trying to invade the earth, he's probably going to have a little bit of trauma. Yeah, I think there's yeah. probably no way around it. I, I mean, if so. you had any advice for Jax, as someone who I know knows their psychology... Never masturbate with your arm slips on. Don't Whoa. do it. You will tear your penis apart, Jax. Don't do it. That's my advice. For him. Okay, but devil's advocate. Okay. Couldn't he get a bionic penis? That has not happened yet. And right now well, he doesn't need one. It could happen. True, true. <laughs> It's always new time. I mean, here's the thing. Maybe he's got a terrific penis already. They've never really spoken to Jax's penis, as far as I know, in the franchise. Sure. Um, he definitely has the, I would say, like the energy of somebody who's... It's got big dick energy. He's got BDE. Mm-hmm. That said, a bionic dick could be as big as you want it to be. I don't know that that's something he wants. Well, I'm just saying, he never has to... It could to, telescope he, out. He never has to worry about it if he just takes the slips off before right. he does his business. Yeah. He doesn't... Like, there's not really a reason to, I right. guess, use the... Bio, unless he specifically is like, I would like to have a bionic penis. And in that case, there's probably a better way to get one than ripping it off. Oh, my God. Off. Yeah. There's much better ways. Sure. Some of them involve anesthesia. 
Yeah, I'd you know? say most. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's Jax's story. Like I said, it's it's deep and it's rich. It and is. It involves uh, a lot of interesting psychological I never questions. knew I was ever going to know this much about Jax ever. And now you do. I just know so much. You know genuinely everything there is I, to know. I, I didn't know I had that much room in my head to learn more about Jax. I think I over... I overwrote a bunch of uh, like math probably that you learned oh, in like good. high school, and honestly, this is more useful. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is that is Jax's story, and it brings us to the last segment of our show, mm-hmm. uh, which is called "Choose Your Destiny." Okay. Uh, Mike, here's the question I have for you. As the segment goes, the question is: If you were in the world of Mortal Kombat, uh, and you could be anyone, anything from anywhere that you wanted, who would you be? What would you be? Who would you side with? Who are your buddies? And ultimately, what is your fatality? Uh, I don't see. I, I feel like instinctually I would attach with the humans, but I don't know enough about the other ones. Um, mm-hmm. I do like a little magic. Okay. A little time hopping. Cool. Uh, a little interdimensional freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, my fatality would be... Um, it would be um, some move where my arms turn into blunt force objects mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I do this crossing motion yep. where I um, hit my opponent's head yep. on one side and yep. legs in the other Ooh. just as hard as possible. Okay. And I don't know if that means a decapitation or just like a very violent spinning. Oh, I like the spin. Yeah. Yeah. There's still there's only there I mean, the spin is an iconic part of Mortal Kombat, having someone spin out. It's like a big cabal move. He mm. runs really fast past you and you're you spin in place and you're kinda of stunned and you he could hit you. So I think the spin's good. The spin fits for sure. I guess like a question I have is as a human but one who hops between time and dimensions and mm-hmm. stuff, that to me says you're like a roguish sort of character, yeah. but do you see yourself as do you think you align in like I have to? Dis- it is my charge to defend humanity, no. or are you someone who's especially more like I'm not, out for me? Especially not if my general is punk ass Raiden, yeah, who can't seem to get his shit together. No, and, he's not willing to do what it takes. Lu Kang, who has no shame about taking all the damn victories yeah. all the time and all the if, credit. Yeah, if these if these are my mm-hmm. leaders, I might go for Dolo. Cool. So you're just like a fun rogue who's mm-hmm. hopping about among the dimensions, but I'm sure scorpion. you're scorpion. Like, I roll with scorpion. Oh, dude, that's tight. Yeah. Okay. So you're like his buddy. Yep. Yeah. He like hits you up when he needs some backup. Yeah. Okay. Or if he just needs somebody with an actual face to do some business for him, <laughs> I'll show up. Okay. Well, that's cool. Cool. I'll go so, to the DMV for scorpion. So your hands turn into blunt objects. Mm-hmm. You spin someone around. And then um, I guess it's possible they puke their organs out, depending on how like fast you spin them. Yeah, I also like the idea of them just uh, going head over heels, right? You know, and oh, spin, spinning that spinning way, spinning around yeah. head over heels. Okay, that's pretty yeah. cool. And then just like they're probably gonna hit their head violently on whatever the surface is right. that we're standing on. Maybe their head goes like through their body and explodes out something, their ass something, or something. Oh, if they're, like, I like I like where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the kind of stuff you get in the modern Anywhere day Anywhere they, they end up footless and headless for sure. Footless and headless. Yeah. All right, cool. 
Sounds good, man. <laughs> uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the thanks show. Thanks for being, thanks for having me and telling me the things that I didn't know. It truly was a pleasure. Now I know things I didn't know. It was a pleasure to teach. It was really great to meet you because I've been a fan for a long time. Well, thank you. And uh, thanks for having me at your home and telling me about a thing you're passionate about. Absolutely. And uh, I, I, where can people find you and, and what should they watch and what should they seek out if they want more Open Mic Eagle in their lives? Um, I'm, uh, my music's on all the streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, all of that. Um, our show, The New Negroes, is on Comedy Central. And it rules. Thank you. And um, yeah, and I'm on Twitter all the time doing stuff at Mike underscore Eagle. Cool. Well, check him out. And uh, thanks for listening, folks. I'm at, at Ben Meckler, as you know, M-E-K-L-E-R. Uh, and thanks for listening. And uh, as always, uh, friendship. <laughs>